Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The 1960s is a starting point to understand the Ireland we live in today. Coordinated efforts on the part of governments across Europe and America reduced trade tariffs, that is the price of importing and exporting, and so brought us into the global marketplace. Ireland joining the EU in 1973 further consolidated our position as a good place to do business, as foreign companies setting up here would then have access to an English-speaking workforce and the lucrative EU market. There has been booms and busts, as is the natural economic cycle in the years since, but foreign companies have stayed and grown to 1,200 across sectors at the time of recording. Their presence has directly created jobs and tax receipts for government, supported our small businesses and made the cities, especially around Ireland, feel multicultural progressive, part of a bigger picture. We have so many more people living and working here, so much more going on, but the island hasn't gotten any bigger. This has created real problems. A lack of affordable housing in urban areas, a competition for school places, growing hospital waiting lists. We may have the fastest growing economy in Europe in 2019, but our citizens voted in protest at the path our country was on in the February 2020 election. Dublin in particular has transformed over the last decade, and it's a point of contention whether the influx of hotels and apartment blocks is a good thing. It's a theme we've alluded to over the course of this series, with the opening up of markets, free flow of information and connectivity to everyone and everything. We now live in what can seem like a world of opportunity. Our dreams can come true if we work hard, make the sacrifices, keep our head down and ignore everything in life that won't help us towards reaching that goal whatever that is. The goal for Ireland after the bruising recession of 2008 was prosperity and growth. It's a goal that gets many of us out of bed in the morning and if we don't jump out, a quick glance at our social media feed will soon make us feel guilty we're not taking on the world. Andrea Horan is an Irish entrepreneur making her own rules for what personal and business success should look like. She did the corporate thing, lived by sales targets and ad revenue, and after a year of travelling, she came up with a business plan to create a company that wouldn't make her rich, but would make her, everyone that worked for her, and every customer happy. Andrea? 
You are known as a Dublin city gal to the core. You live day and night around the streets of Dublin. The... I sound like a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Not a hooker, a sex worker. Bad. No, you're working <laughs> and you're playing and, and all the rest of it. Um, the streets are quieter now. Yeah. There's no students, no tourists. A lot of buildings are boarded up. Um, what impact is this having on young people, do you think, in particular? I think the first few weeks are really hard on young people, um, but I think young people are so, they bounce back so easily. Like people are doing, coming up with all these different plans of things to do. Like, and you even have to look at St. William Street, where I always look, obviously, as I'm based there, but like uh, Pygmalion and the steps of Paris Court and Castle Market mm -hmm. became a kind of social area. So I think young people are very resilient in how they, how they entertain themselves and how they do bounce back so obviously we don't have nightclubs which is a big issue um, and obviously not obviously but obviously with the stuff going on in the government now with the PUP payments we are facing into a bit of an entertainment crisis and we don't have a lot of value on entertainment anyway at the best of times in culture and entertainment so the stripping back of these payments is actually going to have a, a drastic effect on stripping out the industry in terms of crews performers musicians makers doers and all that kind of jazz so I think there's going to be a longer issue uh, coming down the road the initial issue is where can people socialize and people are having parties which we know about people are having parties on the street which we're ha facing backlash against that in terms of how buildings like Paris Court are washing down the steps so people can congregate so mm -hmm. there's a lot of bigger questions that have come from COVID of how we socialize and how much emphasis we put on that and that if almost feels like with all the PUP payments that the emphasis we're putting on is if you're a worker that you're here to work and I think we have to step back from that and realize what is what is the point of life yeah. <laughs> a nice easy question yeah but yeah. The, if we're only focusing on working all the time and stopping congregations and stopping people seeing each other and not supporting industries that are entertainment and downtime and not putting a value on that we're in trouble because then we're just turning everyone into robots who are just here to work yeah. which is bullshit yeah because your baby nail bar tropical popical that is you built it not just as a nail bar. It kind of stands for something bigger. So what, tell me, take me through. <laughs> well, I suppose when we were starting it, we wanted it to be some something that could be an anchor in the community of Dublin and that could be specifically for Dublin and that you wouldn't find anywhere else that was worth visiting Dublin to visit it, as well as being something that was for the locals. So obviously tourism is very important in our bigger Dublin conversation, but it was something that we wanted to tailor for local people that could be about a hub, somewhere to go to make you feel better. Um, but that that again, I suppose the industry in itself of beauty and is often seen as frivolous, but it's actually something that can make people feel better. And if you like take what a society is and it's built of people rather than anything else. And if you are doing things to make people feel better all the time, like that's a t that's a winner. Um, so we, that was the first thing. And I think with nails, it was always to be something that wasn't just for like no matter what size you are you can feel be better about your nails whatever size if you have any uh, acne problems skin problems or, or all those kind of things that are in the beauty industry that has beauty standards that people feel pressurized into nails always make you feel good so the, there was the feel good aspect there was the community aspect and then there was I suppose what we developed into more being a kind of politically um 
I'm not leaning. I suppose we did a lot of campaigning for repeal. Activism. Activism in its in a different type of way. So it was like trying to politicize people who weren't politicized um, and using nails as that yeah, vehicle. Just, just getting people engaged. Getting Young people, people engaged. Especially. Uh, yeah. And yeah. like we do stuff like we have the homeless period drop off stuff. So we always are trying to think, mm-hmm. not even think. I suppose when I came across homeless period, I never thought of the implications of if you're living on the streets or in hostels or whatever and you don't have money for tampons what are you meant to do when it comes to when you're bleeding so like it was literally just that hit me and I was like we have to be part of that and act as a drop point so kind of things happen very organically it's not something that we're like okay we're going to campaign on this issue or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like well we need to do something on that with repeal it was the same it was like we're a women's led business women's own business our target market and all our customers are women. How can we not get involved in this? So it, yeah. w- it wasn't like a choice. It was more like we have to do this. Yeah. So. And you're certain that Dublin specifically is the community you want to serve. Like you don't even want to serve Cork or Galway, Limerick. You think that the people there can can do that? Yeah, I suppose it's not even just about serving the community. It's I suppose for me, I am all about creating community. So I love when I get up I love going to my local coffee shop having a conversation I love then my routine of like when I'm buying my dog food I know the pet shop owner when I'm buying my lunch I know everyone and I get it's all those little oxytocin hits you get from having these human contact so that's really important for me so that was about creating a community so for South William Street we have a really strong community and and further afield and whenever anyone asked if we would open more in like in the likes of Cork or Galway it was like why would we go down and set up something that's not I don't have the community of Galway like I could get a team on board to do that but then that means that it's the leadership is filtering up out of the out of the community so it's like for people by the people I think is really important so that was yeah I suppose you've you've had offers from venture capital people to expand and do you think do you think you would be as as happy as you are and live as as full a life as you do with all of your causes on the side if you were constantly thinking about growth and the next thing and constantly looking at the profit margin and being answerable to shareholders yeah being answerable is the main thing for me and I I have this quote that I like informs everything I do which is create the life you want to live and I not spiritually but like I suppose I approach Hmm. this journey of life that we're all on as like what are we trying to get out of this and we're trying to get out of this that we have a great time that we have human connections we have relationships we have uh, enough money to be comfortable enough to fund the life we need to live um, or to not have hardship and like money doesn't bring you happiness but it also not having money doesn't bring you absolutely and that's a very important point to make you know the the lack of money and the the stress that that causes is 100%. a whole other conversation and you know I know definitely after like when COVID hit like we were very like I go on about it all the time create the life you want to live I have one salon I don't want loads and when and again when we were approached for VC like I'd seen so many people going through rounds of funding and having to try and reach that because then you have to try you're you're answerable to growth and it's a non-stop growth there's no such yeah. thing like and yeah. I suppose um that's the whole point of investment it's like if you're not growing you're going you're backwards n- you're not, and that's where are bullshit. you yeah yeah um, and I often I'm really informed 
I suppose, by walking around Dublin City and seeing like, I think it was, I don't know why this one stands Mm. out to me, but it's on Cable Street. There's a furniture business. It's been in the family for years. They make furniture, they have their business Mm. and then they have their family life. And it was like, that's the whole point of life. Like this shop is providing the needs for this Mm -hmm. family to Mm -hmm. live. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why do you have to try and keep taking more? Because the resources of the world, both financially and environmentally, aren't like... Finite. Finite. So like there's nowhere else. And if you keep grabbing, you're grabbing from someone else. So um, it's more about not even inequality, but inequity that everyone deserves to have a certain standard of living. uh, Well, things could be changing like about very kind of incrementally. But I'm just thinking of, say, Blackstone Group, the big investment house. They have just invested in Oatly, the oat milk that has an incredible sustainability story so them backing Oatly is is showing that okay we're we're seeing the potential for returns or do you think that that acts like that is kind of ticking boxes they're not seeing the sustainability they're seeing the money that can become from sustainability so you have people with who do have stand not standard i'm not saying they don't have standards but people who do have a sustainability at their heart who are pushing this and then you have people who see the potential to make money off it is like obviously it's better that people are yeah are investing in something that is sustainable yeah but at the end of the day one you can have your sustainable message and then once you're into trying to grow that the sustain yes. like you can have a sustainable message and like but at the end of the day you still have to make more and more oat milk yeah so yeah so and in then that sense that's the problem yeah. with like even when we talk about palm oil like mm. a lot of the time it's not it's palm oil isn't the problem it's the over uh right. deforestation right. so once yeah. something gets popular then it has to be created more and more so yeah. we have seen it with quinoa which was a staple yeah. in uh eastern yeah. in middle eastern yeah. Uh, food over there yeah um <laughs> and then as soon as it gained popularity for a more wellness which the majority of it was white people then suddenly that was uh, priced it yeah. out um so you, yeah. it's the popularity and as some as investment goes into something and it, there is the requirement to get bigger then you have right. the knock-on effect yeah that. so it's the it's the mindset around it that you have the it's problem growth. with it's yeah. like if you're constantly yeah. striving for growth and not stopping to be like okay do I have enough and like that's the thing it's where is where does enough lie anymore and it feels like enough isn't a question anymore it's like constantly more yeah do you feel like you're on your own in Dublin with this mentality not at all there's so many small businesses and like I think it's it's really um frustrating when you are a small business with any sort of ethos and you're kind of seen as you're kind of dismissed as just because you want to stay small and not want to just become a conglomerate that you you don't have the kind of business savvy. And it's, mm-hmm. I suppose, redefining what good business is and like who is like, do we think Jeff Bezos is a good businessman? Yes, he is at, yeah. a, at accumulating wealth. But is he a good businessman in the eyes of his staff who are working on the front line, who are earning pittance? Yeah. And so, fun- fundamentally, is your business serving society or is it serving itself? And I suppose and by the very definition of how we put success in business, we see it as how much money you can accumulate. Yeah. There is no like, oh, well, look at this 
lovely business who's, who are doing nails yeah. and have happiness and joy as their measures of success. And there's been a lot of like conversations about mm-hmm. having to ch- change measurement of society from a GDP to a satisfaction level. Yes, and yeah. it will be really interesting to see that come about. But that's not going to happen in Ireland with our current government who mm-hmm. only see success in a financial capacity. And we've mm-hmm. seen that with the Apple tax shenanigans that mm-hmm. happened. We've seen that with the... Um, with Amazon have just announced a thousand jobs and this is literally the best thing in the world. And you, then and you look at the ethics yeah. behind that and it's like, well, we're getting more jobs, but what sort of jobs are they? Who is actually benefiting from these jobs? And you can say, put it down to the numbers of getting more jobs. And I'm not against big companies. Like there's yeah. loads of big companies that are doing really great stuff, treat their staff fairly, but those businesses aren't. And also then you have the ethics of business when you have businesses like the tech companies like Facebook and Instagram who are essentially controlling our democracy of how mm. people are um, being elected, how uh, what information is being shared, mm. YouTube especially with all the rabbit holes and the algorithms that are bringing people down QAnon. Uh, mm-hmm. rabbit holes and like pulling families apart so there's there's not just the ethics of sustainability there's the ethics of what sort of society and what effect mm-hmm. is your product having on the people in yeah. that are using so it so do you think there's there's fundamentally a, a a problem in our approach to say multinationals and and that they are the the kind of the top of the tower and that's who we're reaching towards because all of the business organizations I saw um when the the Amazon announcement was made they're like celebrating it from the rooftop so if if government and our key business organizations are doing that like that doesn't give much chance of change in the neck in this yeah, but I suppose you know. when you look at it, the fact is we're facing into possibility of a of a recession. People are losing their jobs. Um, any job is going to be celebrated because that's people's lifeline. But mm. maybe if we st- we're not we're looking too top level, we're going jobs equals good. Whereas if we strip back, this sounds like a communist <laughs> like mm-hmm. selling point. But if we strip back society of what we're providing yeah. as what we expect people to be as a baseline, and even like what's happened over the last couple of days with. Um, I suppose Varadkar's mask slipping and that if you can afford to go on holidays, you, you shouldn't be able to have any sort of uh, support from the government. It's like it's a snobbery that is taking away the, what the supports of society are and what mm. a society is and turning a society into an economy. So if just if we all have jobs, everything's grand, as opposed to looking at it holistically and going, OK, well, actually, what do we need for a society to function in a way yeah. that's respectful to everyone mm-hmm. and doesn't just see people as units of workforce as a, and labour as opposed to different aspects that are required to make up a society. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of different elements because like, and I think it's, it's a great example thinking about how we have all, all lived in this lockdown period. So maybe if we actually stripped back and, and had a baseline salary that didn't require going traveling or having exotic food and kind of just living within a certain level of means to some extent, do you think that that's... Um, There's something to be said for a universal basic income, for sure. Mm, And it has been trialed in different countries. Mm. And there is so many good things that come about from a universal Mm. basic income. And the good thing about a universal basic income is that everyone starts off on the same foot. And if you want to just 
stay on that level and that's enough for you, you can. If you want to make more money, you can. So it's it's not saying you can't then go into business as well, but it just makes sure that every element of our society is covered off in terms of having somewhere to live and um, having enough food on the table and not having to to suffer. And why are we having this suffering? Whereas we have this capitalist approach that is like, actually, you're just if you can make as much money as you can do it. And that's brilliant. But if you can't, well, you're a loser. Whereas mm. that's actually not. There's so many other systemic issues that have to be brought into that. So if we can take that away mm. and have this universal basic income, and then if you do want to go and make loads of Off money and yeah. buy seven houses, and which you sh- shouldn't, why anyone needs seven yeah. houses? Like, I just don't understand. <laughs> when one of them is getting burned down. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's Private just, joke. <laughs> it just is ridiculous. So like, if yeah. everyone had a home, like, and yeah. like we can say, oh, God, isn't that a utopia that everyone has a home? Why is that a fucking utopia? And yeah. why is that? Does that seem like something that's so hard to yeah. uh, to ask for? And I was, mm. I was reading a little bit. I didn't go into it too much. So I can't mm. talk about it too much. Mm. But that you have to have a certain amount of homelessness for a market to work. A market uh, to a work. A market to work. Okay. So, or, and enough that there is this certain level to, right. for a market. Now, I'm yeah. not actually, I shouldn't have said that yeah. because I actually don't <laughs> no, know any more than any that. More than but that. so okay. we'll take that back. I would, yes, yeah, I would <laughs> love to because um, beauty services is is your kind of main industry of, of you know, income generation, whatever yeah. amount you need. <laughs> um, clearly, COVID-19 has had a huge impact on the beauty services industry. So just give me a sense of where you're at at this point you're open a few weeks there was obviously a lot of additional costs that you needed to put in with protective gear and everything before you open the doors after being closed for so many weeks so give me a sense of of where tropical pop well i suppose at. we came from we closed before i think it was just before paddy's day this saturday we closed um with a heavy heart not knowing how long we were going to be closed for and we were closed for four months with actually no income a rent to be paid mm. um and was there any rent agreement or anything? Yeah, or, we actually, yeah. our landlord was very... Uh, and on South William Street, that's... Yeah, right we, um, they were, like, it took a while, but we got mm. there and mm. so... Uh, it's a two, I think a lot of people realise it's a two-way. Yeah, thing. well, actually, a lot of people didn't. Yeah. Um, and there were, like, we were really lucky mm-hmm. because um, a lot of people didn't have any yeah. sort of work... So, anything to work with. Yeah. So we were really lucky in that our landlord did actually end up being... Um, sound mm. um, and we, our building was recently bought over so we don't mm. have any relationship with our landlord so it was it was actually really um, nice that that mm. happened but we had no income and we would have been like we are all about our staff so we emptied out our bank account to at the start to look after our staff but we didn't have any income coming in so mm. without the supports that were given the PUP payments mm. we would have been screwed yeah. um, and that but however we got through it and we, and we have to give it up to government for stepping in you know 100% we we like we would have yeah. been fucked. they kind of they 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 really did kind of throw you know the kitchen sink at yeah which is why <laughs> pivoting again which is why it's really <laughs> disappointing the new uh, clauses that have gone in in the last few days since yeah. leo was on uh, the tally the other day mm-hmm. and how that has happened in terms of the pri- the issues that are coming out of that the, with oh, the social welfare at the airport and the, yeah, the, yeah but the, it's not so well it is social welfare but it's the PUP payments yeah. and that you should be actively looking for a job when actually those people who are on PUP payments were people like us who had a job and were just waiting till we can reopen so I think it's really fucking shitty yeah. to be honest what's mm-hmm. going on and also the fact that the government websites and information places were 
changed the day after he said that to respond mm. to a like to ch- make changes based on something that's said by mm. a minister is mm. really um, something mm. we need to be worried about from uh, like the ICCL, which is the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, are saying this is really serious that there's a reactionary response to these changes. Yeah. And I, I think it's 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 definitely not a great sign of and not a great early sign of the, the possible fragmentation like we need to understand that there's three parties trying to work together um but and, and all of these issues to be dealt with so it, yeah i think but there's, there's so many issues with it the fact problems. that the green party are out um on all media giving out about this but then all voted for not to have it debated as an issue is absolute like Gary Gannon put the motion forward and it was voted down by the Greens to even debate it mm-hmm. um, and Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael was voted down by you don't expect anything else from them bullshit um, and, but- and if we you know if in normal normal functioning times and, and, and hard times as well everyone looks to their government for some sort of stability and hope. And I think it says a lot that we we seem to be running the country better when we had no government. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But yeah, we did come back. Yeah, we had our protective screens, Think Design put in beautiful leopard print ones. And so we still kept the ethos and the feeling of the salon. Uh, We have double mass situation. So we're actually back to we are lucky to have space that we have all our staff back. So thankfully, based on those supports that we were able to do that. Yeah. And and maybe this is the the community building is coming back to, to help A hundred percent. And our clients have been so supportive. Like they were buying vouchers to beat the band when we were yeah. closed, which helped us to pay for like of course, all the running costs. Because you still have you running need, costs. Yeah, you needed cash yeah. in the tail. You know, exactly. So that was brilliant. And then, yeah, um, everyone seems to be back in like and the city, like I have a friend who was, came into town for the first time. She just had a baby and she was like, I was really so anxious when I came in because yeah. it feels so different. And I suppose because I've been, I lived within the t- town was my 2K. Yeah. Um, I've been in town since like yeah. it literally was not one person yeah. on the streets. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was like, and what did she say about it? She was just like, it feels like it gave me anxiety being, uh, seeing how different it was. Whereas I was like, it's kind of back to 90% normal. I think it's kind of yeah, grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're remembering the empty the really bad yeah. times, whereas yeah. like we still have to get our pubs open. We have to get our um, our like we have to have a nighttime economy back mm-hmm. on the table and mm-hmm. we can't just be focused on just being a working country with no time to let our hair down. That would mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. my worst nightmare yeah because night because <laughs> i like letting my hair down <laughs> and it's like well it goes it goes in back to that to that philosophy of you know what is your life I, I always think look at your life sort of as a pie chart and work is one element and health is one and social is one and yeah. family is you one. you do work so you can go out yeah is yeah. the way i see it and obviously like there's a lot more to it in terms of like what you get out and your sense of achievement and, and building self-esteem and yeah. all that jazz that comes from doing good jobs but if that's just based on doing a nine to five to put in hours mm-hmm. like most jobs in as we've seen like everyone's working from home most jobs and offices are made up um so yeah. like there is all in your head <laughs> like it, like a lot of them are they're like yeah. bullshit jobs it's like yeah. can we take reconfigure all of those into jobs that actually are feeding into the community around us and giving like and yeah. coming back to having like a like now, Search McHugh got lambasted for this, but actually having like villages that actually are run by the people of the village rather than this over like and I, I'm I like maybe I don't 
think as dramatically as Saoirse, but um, I do think that if the people in the villages are providing the services for the people in the villages and the products for the people in the villages, that is like, yeah. that is and a you utopia have, world. Have, yes. of, and it's not yeah. that far away and it's easily achievable yeah. if we had that. Whereas we're so obsessed with being a global, mm. um, a global Mm. enterprise based country that's like w- getting looking. F- foreign direct investment is like seems to be all we're obsessed with it's like can we not look within what we have already rather than just trying to get people to give us money like we're selling off islands like the, yeah. they're selling off, they're trying to sell off an island for the residents of Hong Kong I saw that today yeah so we're like we're we're literally yeah well now I don't know if we got so far but um but the concept and obviously is, like there is bigger issues yeah. um, when you have what's happening in China. Yeah. But like we are so obsessed with getting people in to give us money yeah. rather than what we have within us. Yeah. Look yeah. within. Look within. <laughs> Namaste. So, so, so finally, we try to end on a vital question that that the country or the industry needs to ask itself. So what do you think is the vital question that Ireland needs to ask itself to to be a better society a better functioning society I don't think it's a question we need to ask ourselves I think we need to trust ourselves that we are well capable and able of being able to do our and I like it sounds like really nationalistic when I'm not being nationalistic Mm -hmm. I'm not against other countries and all that jazz but like we have such a wealth of talent we have such a wealth of beauty we have such a wealth of like performers we have such a wealth of entertainers we have such a wealth of business people that if we all just were so not so focused on trying to take over the world that we actually realized that our world was enough and that we are enough and that as a country we are enough and we're not trying to play big billy big balls and like even if you look at the the uh way the government has gone we, we now have for our cat we are one of the strongest uh bureaucratically countries um now in the as we've taken on mm. all the roles mm. the global roles mm. um, so and so have a seat at the security that's, council that's been, yeah that's yeah. been go that's a campaign that's been going on for ages um we are definitely um what's that phrase where you're hitting above your Above our station? Above, yeah, we're like Hitting we are station. like slamming it from a bureaucracy yeah. point of view. Yeah. But maybe if we slam it from our... Realise that the people of Ireland are quite sound, you know, we can all live together and, and, and serve each other and help each other. Yeah, and that we don't always have to look outside yeah. of ourselves, that we, that we are it's all within. confident enough to, that we don't have to be like, oh God, we have to take this, uh, we can't take that money off Apple because then all the other people will leave us grand. Fuck yeah. off, Facebook. We don't, like, <laughs> you're actually ruining uh, democracy and we're doing, half the world anyway, so piss doing, off anyway. We're, Ireland is doing fine with itself. Yeah, and brilliant if Facebook are there, but we don't have to, it feels like we're in an abusive relationship where we're afraid to point out the flaws of what are happening because we're so afraid that they'll mm-hmm. leave us. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know what? If you want to leave us brilliant, There's if you want to be here, appreciate what we have and don't just be here for the tax breaks. Yeah, amazing. Andrea Horan, thank you so much. Thank you. Rejecting offers to open more nail bars and treating a plug on international TV as a bit of a headache. Andrea is turning what we all think business is supposed to be about totally on its head. She is shining a light on the economy of more, questioning why we want to be thinking world domination when we wake up in the morning, 
when we can live perfectly content lives in our own communities, in service to and supporting the people we know. More broadly, profit is and will always be what keeps a business alive. But maybe it's time we think how that profit is arrived at. Is accumulation of money and happy investors the goal? Or should our most valuable companies have the principle of purpose at heart and solving the problems of the world? As a collective, it's time we reevaluated what success looks like. Because looking at the statistics for happiness, health, inequality and environmental damage, it's clear something or many things aren't working. In Andrea's own words, create the life you want to live and the world you want to live in. Thank you to Sarah Madden who co-produced and to Shane at Collaborative Studios. And thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.